friends, family, regular and new listeners. I am coming to you with the energy of Halle Bailey and her stellar rendition of the Disney classic Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I'm Ivor and uh, you're listening to This Is Fine, a podcast that centers ideas, issues and information related to different aspects, areas of uh, mental health, from traumas to self-improvement in my effort to help people gain a little perspective and a little guidance if they feel they need it. Um, in that little introduction, I mentioned Halle Bailey's um, rendition of Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Take some time after the podcast or pause right now and go listen to it. But she recently did a, a performance of Can You Feel the Love Tonight for Disney's 50th anniversary celebration, I think. And honestly, I think that that song or her rendition of it is the new standard of how you should sing that song. Anyway, so let's move on. Now, as I've mentioned before, I've been recently um, kind of struggling with, how do I put this, like my value in society, you know, or, or as related to friends, family, relationships, or lack thereof, um, uh, or like subconscious societal internalizations of ideas of success or where I'm supposed to be at a stage in my life. Yeah, and, I, and I say this not as like a means for me to garner sympathy, rather in in an aim of embodying honesty, of, of embodying the purpose of why I record my feelings for essentially anyone out there to hear and judge me on. Um, but that aim is to bring perspective to someone else's life. I always feel like I need to clarify this because it's so easy for me or for anyone in today's social media world, you know, of, of, of look at me, look at me, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It'll be so easy for me to get lost in myself. So this, this podcast is like kind of done in a roundabout way for anyone who listens I guess yes it serves me in the amount of times that the word I is used but I am hoping that the impact uh, or, or that there are similar realizations that is felt in someone else's life all right so after that um, disclaimer uh, there's been like a lot of like unaimed article readings podcast listenings and YouTube watchings that um, I've done and I think I may have stumbled upon something that may be of help to me and by extension to someone out there who can relate. Now, this feeling of being in a struggle seems to be a theme as of late in my life and maybe it is for someone else because honestly it's not the first time that I've mentioned struggling in any given context or specifically in struggling with selfhood or value in society. Um, and I realized something so clear and so obvious, and it's really a testament to how the answer is often right in front of us. Or rather, how the, I think it's the Confucius wisdom thing goes, you'll find it in the last place you look. That phrase honestly makes me like both frustrated and also, like, laugh because, you know, it's both true and ridiculous. And I really get it, I guess. So I don't know if you've ever felt this, but have you ever experienced a moment where you feel like large areas of your life, if not all of it, 
is in disarray or you know there's your your life is in disarray with the exception of one thing or something what i've noticed is that to combat that feeling of things being in utter disarray i give advice and tend to use verbiage centered around defining your purpose or define your goals or be specific about your intention all those things i do think are all valid and have helped me in the past but what i i have um, experienced is that it's easy to forget that when a lot of your life isn't aligned with what you have envisioned is exactly that that you can forget all of that advice because you just get into a mental state where you're not able to see other than the problem it's understandable that you get dejected in moments like these you know and despite how much we try to differentiate ourselves we are all connected by one simple fact we're human therefore we have that shared experience it's safe to say that someone out there listening right now might be experiencing this feeling of life in misalignment if you do please hop on the magic school bus with me let's take a ride um and if your life is perfectly okay that's great i'm happy honestly happy but you and i both know if you just wait a little bit you know life has a habit of happening so you too can join us take your seat in the back don't forget to bring some snacks and prime yourself for the fight to come the journey to come not the fight i know i'm very combative but i'm not fighting with anyone today um i want to start off by saying that it feels like like the podcast goes through a lot of growing pains and it is a direction it is a uh, direct reflection of my life my state of mind all of that and i'm super candid about my life experiences and the lessons i've learned and and have been able to uncover and share and i'm not a massively famous or even any public kind of public speaker in any way i'm not someone with a large uh, online following i'm not someone who can leverage contribution contributions to the world to build a brand and and build more impact out of that i'm just a guy living an average life trying to see how my experience can be a lesson or a teaching tool for others and whenever i'm in front of this microphone something clicks in my brain or something happens and i become super super self aware of my mistakes especially like the pronunciation the 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 speaking mistakes all those kind of stuff that i make but um i do love doing this because that that feeling of super self awareness does bring forth a feeling of uncomfortableness but it's also um i also realize that that feeling brings forth with it defensiveness or pain or however it manifests in you and understanding that that feeling is your brain trying to protect your weakness your vulnerable point which is all understandable and i think what is important for us to realize is that it it is at that point of vulnerability of of insecurity of uncomfortableness at which it's best primed for growth to take place so think of it this way now it's safe to say say that um maybe you have or someone you know have uh, has gone through a major transformation say weight loss or a sudden 
determined, focused on a goal or the person is just different and, and maybe is kinder, they're different and, and maybe they're more assertive or they're different and they've become more aggressive. But you can't place your finger, like you can't quite place your finger on it. It's, it's usually better seen if you're close enough to that person. You might realize one thing. That is that the transformation didn't happen at the best part of their lives. The transformation didn't or doesn't happen at the most comfortable or Instagram story worthy part of their lives. The transformation happens at rock bottom. I'm not talking about what you think is rock bottom. Whatever you think is rock bottom usually isn't rock bottom because you can't describe it. I'm talking about when you have nowhere else to turn, when, when blaming another person or when trying to find reasons out of life or, or life situations, when none of that feels good, gives validation to, to your struggle, um, serves you, and all you are left with are your own devices, and it forces you to take agency, to take drastic action, and to make a change. I think that that is where transformation lies. I'm talking the kind of transformation that is, I want to say romanticized, but it's beautifully described in Paolo Coelho's book, The Alchemist. If you haven't read that book by now, it is a great starting point for internal like realizations about your life or any struggle you might be facing. Now, here I must uh, hit the brakes and stop the bus a little bit um, and first apologize that because I'm like doing most of the episodes alone, this format does lend itself to me becoming a little preachy. Well, I guess I don't really want to apologize for that, but just saying that I'm fully aware that I get like that. Just know that because my greatest character flaw, I think, lies in focusing more on what is being said and not how it's being said, I tend to get very, I guess, passionate and aggressive with certain way I say things. And it's a flaw I'm trying to work on and before I start making excuses for my tone. The um, second thing is that I acknowledge that people with serious mental health problems, um, diagnosed or not, need help in that space of, of rock bottom and that, that they're not able to get to that transformation. You see that the chemistry, as far as I know, the chemistry of their brains, the, the countless variables from trauma to genetics to socioeconomic conditions and things that I don't even know about have shaped their mental state, that they are not able to activate that metacognition the way that I and hopefully you are able to do too. And the more reading I do, you know, the smarter I get about this kind of stuff. And the more I understand about mental health, the more scared I get to think that it is completely possible for my mind, for your mind, to get into a state of thought and, and operation where it is debilitating. I both understand it from experience, but it still makes me feel ignorant because honestly, the moment you resign yourself to knowing everything about something, you become stupid. I have to use that strong word. I, I must, I want to use that strong word. You become stupid. So I don't know about you, but I'd rather feel ignorant to help me 
check my privilege. And let's face it, much of my content up until now has been heavily slanted towards the self-help, just believe in this mantra and you too can, can have a healthier state of mind. And that's only true for the privileged among us, which is why it's important to check our mental health privilege, you know, so to speak, and, and be aware that, hey, I do have control. So when I feel down and in a low energy state or even in a low-grade depression or anxiety state, do I watch Netflix for six hours or do I go out and drink? Which choice is the healthier one for my body and my mind? Because not everyone has that choice. So let's just check our mental health privilege and let me start the bus again. So, in all my readings, newsletters, podcasts, studying, and life living, I came across some beautiful lessons, many of them from similar sources that are mainly um, black women. Now, my friend Rachel, a white woman, a true ally, and if you don't know what that word ally means, it's usually a white or light-skinned person who truly understands racism and misogyny and all the things mostly forced upon the world by white men and organized religion and they educate themselves they stand up they actively rage against the machine and they fight for equality on all fronts and that is an ally so anyway Rachel Rachel and I haven't seen each other in nearly a year and she said something so unexpected um, she said that I'm the first man that she's met that understand what it's like to be a woman in the world without being a woman. I'm the first male feminist she's met. And, and that got me thinking that, yeah, I think there's a lot of like us out there. Because I just feel that like I saw my mother struggle her, struggle her whole life. I saw my sister struggle so much, you know, in a world of patriarchy and racism. And that is my responsibility to be a feminist because at least I don't experience what it's like under patriarchy. So I also have privilege in that sense. And then I believe that it is every man, um, it's the responsibility of every man that has a beautiful relationship with his mother or sister or, or it's the responsibility of any man who is a father of either sons or daughters to be a feminist. You must be a feminist. I'm not talking like extreme feminism because extremism just brings on fascism at the end of the day. But Rachel's comment was such a, a, a massive compliment because I work and I live, as many of us, us do, in spaces that you are surrounded by straight white men. And if you engage with, like for me specifically, if I engage with these people, it's either racial or sexual mis. Um, ra racial or sexual microaggressions in the form of everything from straight on comments to jokes that they find hilarious. And if I voice my frustrations, they all get uncomfortable and I look like the odd one out, the one that's always so serious. So then I, I, I end up spending my time with predominantly in my workplace, women of color and then, you know, we can discuss these issues and we can share our frustrations about uh, all the things that happen. But straight men just don't get it, you know. So, 
like they're the ones who actually need to hear it, but we're just talking amongst ourselves. It doesn't solve any problem. It doesn't it doesn't make them aware of anything. So it well, all that it does it creates separation and me trying to be a bridge between the two is honestly frustrating. I don't know why I've low-key taken up that that fight. I'm taking a break from it now, but I'll probably continue um once I feel I have the energy for it. But I bring this up because she said that Ivor is a true feminist because, you know, there's the irony in um, that the source of today's lesson I've learned comes from a nation that is not known for their prog- progressive feminist stance, um, either in history or even in their current day iteration of, you know, the nation. The lesson comes from Japanese archery. Yep, you heard it right. That's Japanese archery. Archery masters often teach with the foundation that everything is aiming. I'd like us all to add that bit of wisdom to our arsenal for our um, mental fortitude. What good is a bow and arrow without a target? What good is uh, what good are mental health practices without a target? Everything is aiming is something you can add when you set your intention. Setting your te- your intention, you know, that kind of wording, that set your intention, is often, you know, found in and very popular in the world of self-help, spiritual, the secret kind of world. So I feel that it, it has been, like, diluted or, or, or tainted as a quick fix to get to your desires, which, you know, I just realized it kind of makes the words setting your intention has also become more ego-ridden due to its westernization. Therefore, I think it's less likely to be effective. Everything is aiming is so beautiful because it encompasses literally everything. They really do mean everything is aiming. Like I said, archery masters teach everything is aiming because... The way you place your feet, the way you hold your bow, the way you breathe during the release of the arrow, all of that determines the outcome. What everything is aiming is also teaching us is your state of awareness, being in the moment, tuned in so intensely to all aspects before the target is hit. So the target itself is not the focus. The action is the focus, and that increases the probability of to hit the target. This complete awareness of the body 